0: It's not saying, yeah, it's all good what you've done, like, continue doing that. It's, you know what, this is no longer serving me. I can no longer be held in this prison or under this dark cloud. So I'm going to release that now. However, it does not let you get away free.
1: Welcome to the 1,000 Day Sober Podcast. My name is Lee Davey. I am not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am someone that doesn't drink alcohol. And I am an amazing father, husband, son, friend, leader, lover, and master coach. And I spend every minute of the day helping other people live kick-ass lives. Today, I have a little bit of help in that regard. Forgiveness coach, Barika Gave is on the call with me today. She is in the heart seat. And this is what Mirika says about herself. I'm a forgiveness coach who supports women overcome anxiety by healing the trauma of their past. I'm a fierce mama of three under five years of age. Go, Marika. A loving wife and a woman who deeply cares for others. I have supported many women around the world in healing, forgiving, and truly stepping into their power with specific modalities. And my mission here on Earth is to serve as many mamas as possible to break toxic cycles and live liberated. And she has a 12-week program that helps women uh, go through the forgiveness process, and it's called Stripped Bear. So listen out at the end of this chin wag, and she gives you the details on how to get hold of her and to learn more about the strip bear course. Forgiveness is very, very important. If you want to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol, then you're going to have to learn to forgive yourself and you're going to have to learn to at least consider forgiving others. All right. You don't have to. We talk about that in our conversation today. There's a big difference between uh, self forgiveness. And going through a forgiveness practice and actually forgiving another human being. We don't always have to do that, right? Uh, We talk about that in this conversation. So if you want to learn more about Marika and Marika's work, just email me at one at gmail.com and I'll put you in touch with her, all right? So without further ado, I'll shut the hell up and leave you in the capable hands of Marika Gavet. How are you doing, Marika?
0: I'm good. Really busy. <laughs> but amazing. That's experience. good. So, yeah. This morning so chaotic because I have three children under five. And so I was like, Isaiah, like my husband, last night I was like, this is a game plan. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I need to wake up at six. I need to do all the things. And he's like, get cool. And, of course, my alarm goes off. My baby wakes up. I'm feeding the baby. And I'm like, where's, where's my husband? Like he's still asleep. I'm like, you need to get up. I got to get ready.
1: <laughs> yes. We could have a whole podcast on getting men's shit together. Couldn't we really, you know, Um, but you, you are a forgiveness coach. So I've already done a little bit of an intro before this, but just explain to the people listening what you do.
0: So I support women, especially moms in overcoming anxiety by healing the trauma of the past. And the core focus is forgiveness for Mm. me. You can do all the things, but to move forward, but I feel like you'll keep kind of circling back until you are truly, until you've truly forgiven yourself and whoever else, like loved ones or random people, because that hurt and betrayal and pain stays with you subconsciously or in your heart. And so unless you really move forward from that, again, you can do all the things and you'll just keep circling back. So true liberation comes from true forgiveness.
1: <laughs> true liberation comes from true forgiveness. What what is forgiveness?
0: So essentially, so in the if you look in the dictionary and stuff like that, it is no longer feeling angry or blaming other people for how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, and that's all well and good, but okay, let me give you an example, right? So when I was in high school, and I would be hurt by someone or would be triggered by someone, I would go and do my little bitch sesh, <laughs> and then I'd come back and be like, "It's all good, I've forgiven them." Like this is like five years later, right? I'm like, "It's okay, I've forgiven them," but then they would still. You know the situation would continue to replay in my mind. I'll still be triggered when I see them or when I like, you know, someone talks about them. Mm. A lot of the times I wouldn't even be able to say their name because I'd be so triggered, but I'd forgiven them.
1: Right.
0: right. <laughs> Which I find like a lot of my clients have the same thing. But true forgiveness for me is really a not allowing them to live rent-free in your mind because you either had the conversation, like the clearing conversation with them and been, you know, and discussed and you know, had the had the had the conversation, or a lot of the times people don't get get a sorry right. So really showing compassion for the person and really trying to understand where they've come from, which is hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Hard, but I have to forgive you. But it's really for you. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person. And I think a lot of people, well, in my experience, my clients, a lot of them have had that difficulty understanding or that mind mind shift because you feel as though when you forgive someone you're letting them go for free mm. but it's not that at all you're forgiving you're forgiving to set you free and it's when you forgive someone it's not saying yep yeah, it's all good what you've done like continue doing that it's you know what this is no longer serving me i can no longer be held in this prison or under this dark cloud so i'm going to release that now however it does not let you get away free right you mm. still are accountable for your for your like how you are but i can love you for where you are
1: okay so let's use um an extreme example to accentuate that point so and i imagine given the way the world is there are a lot of people that are actually in this position but imagine somebody who is being sexually abused or raped mm-hmm. and a Part of that process is the forgiveness process, but that person doesn't want to forgive the perpetrator, right? So how would you work with that person to introduce forgiveness into into their lives whilst respecting their boundary around, like, I don't want to forgive this person, but I, I do want forgiveness to come in here somehow?
0: That's a great question because I did have a client like that. So it's all about baby steps and meeting, for me, meeting my client where they are at. And so we do what's it called? We do like activities based upon trauma healing. Mm-hmm. right And then, if it's too much for them, then I pull it back a little bit. so it's not it's not as though it's like, yes, this is what happened. Forgive them. Like there's nothing else you can do. You need to forgive them. No, it's where where are you at? what What do you want to do? right? So I, you know discuss with my clients first, what so i'll I'll use my client that I just had. So she was like, this is what happened to me. I was raped. I was, you know, multiple times I was abused. My mother, this, my father, that. And I was like, okay, cool. So what do you want? And she was like, well, I just want, because she was so disconnected from her body because of all of these things that happened. And she's like, well, I just want to be able to be me and be free. And she wanted to have a relationship with her mom. Right. And so I was like, okay, cool. So let's start with peeling back the layers and going through how your parents were firstly because they play like the most massive part in our lives for how we are now so we really peeled back the layers and we really started to heal the trauma from her childhood and how her parents were and how you know her needs weren't met and she wasn't seen and she didn't feel loved and all of those things and then we started to not play out but we really start I brought to her awareness how the cycles and situation brought her to not brought her to but how do I say it without being like offending? <laughs> so, okay. I'll let me use myself as a bit of an example first. So yeah. everything that I put out is what I get back. Right. So my family was really toxic and abusive. And so, of course, that played out in my life subconsciously. I was doing the same thing and I didn't know. And I was like, I hate that. I don't want, I don't want to be like my parents. But of course, because I was coming from a fear energy, I was bringing that energy back in. Mm -hmm. So all the things that happened to me, like being in an abusive relationship or my partner cheating, all of those things, of course came back to me because of the energy that I was putting out subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And so for her, we had to really bring it out to bring that awareness to her. And she was like, Oh my gosh, like that makes so much sense. And then she started talking more about her parents and their relationship and how it was really similar to what she went through when she was younger. And again, like that mind. This mindset shift is really tricky for some people because it feels then that the blame is no longer on the perpetrator, but that's not it at all. It's taking ownership for what's happening currently in your life or even, you know, in the past and giving and pulling your power back from them. Because the power, as long as, long as you continue to blame people or be angry at people for past situations, the power is still with them. So we had to, we worded it in a way that, no, not worded, we, I made her understand or like, you know, work together to understand that they had her power and that's why she was so disconnected from her body. And that's why everything that still continues to happen, to happen into her life now was because of her power being given away and the blame that she was putting on everyone else. Mm. And so we really work on, you know, taking ownership of your place in the situation, which again is like really challenging. Right. When I was cheated on, I was like, that's not my fault. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I did nothing. That's not, that's not me. <laughs> but then I looked at how I was as a, you know, as a partner for so many years and I was like, Oh, okay. I really started to not give my husband as much, much attention as he needed. Right. It was kind of like I was doing everything for myself and the babies and he was kind of neglected. So that's where I was able to take ownership. And for her, the same, we looked at where she could take ownership. And then we started doing, um, You know, like the journaling, the gratitude, all of those things, but really bringing her back into her body. And once she understood um, the power of pulling your power back, cutting energy cords, and taking ownership and compassion, because compassion is a huge one, she was really able to now reach out to her mom and be like, oh my gosh, like I forgive you for X, Y, and Z.
1: Yeah.
0: Does that answer the question? (laughs)
1: Ah, Yeah, beautiful. What what was coming out to me was um, the difference between being a victim and living in victim consciousness. Mm, So yes, I'm a victim because my husband had an affair and I was a victim of of that. Mm. But I continue to experience this victim consciousness because I I have that story on repeat in my mind uh, through trauma or whatever other cognitive distortion or PTSD or anything. Um, and now I'm reliving it, but actually this guy's got nothing to do with it right now. Cause like he's no with me no more, but I still yeah. feel that pain. So I guess it's, it's um, it's a lot more complicated than choosing to shift out of victim consciousness and to, mm-hmm coach and guide people to get out of it. And I guess that's what you're talking about when you say, take your power back, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really, so coaches and programs and all those things can really get people to a certain place, but unless you, unless you want to show up for yourself and unless you're kind of like, you know what, I'm over feeling this way. I no longer want to be a victim. I want to be empowered. Then it will, like, like you said, it will just continue to play the cycle. And Yeah, that's unfortunately why a lot of people, including my dad, is still in that victim mentality because he just—it's easier to blame other people for what you are.
1: Mm, I mean, I see this a lot in people who come to me because they have issues with alcohol, other other stuff as well, and very—you know—in all cases, there's a massive payoff for being a victim, right? Like they—they receive a lot of value for being a victim, and that is pretty confronting but also liberating thing to come to terms with with somebody can we just talk about that a little bit about how actually being a victim there is actually payoff in that Uh, can we talk about that a little bit
0: yeah well when you were saying that also what came up was some people are addicted to pain you know so it's easy For i'll use my dad for an example because he is the best example for this but he (laughs) went through a lot of trauma when he was younger right And I didn't realize until more recently, but throughout my whole life, he was like abusive, not physically, but he was mentally abusive, um, emotionally abusive, abusive. And with my mom, yes, there was domestic violence, but he never really was like that with my sister and I. But I just was like, why do you say things these ways? Like, why are you this way? And I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. And so for the longest time, we didn't speak. And uh, he just blames everyone for everything. And I was like, why? Like, why do you keep blaming people? Stop it. And then. That got him off working because then he was on, you know, the government money Mm. and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, I feel sorry for you here. Like people would help him out all the time. And, you know, he really, I feel like he really got away with not doing much, Mm. you know, because everyone felt sorry for him. And anyways, and then, you know, fast forward a few years and we didn't speak for the longest time, like I said, and I was able to have a conversation with him and be like, what happened in your childhood? And he told me and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, that makes sense, right? So he saw his best friend die when he was a, like a baby. He lived in, because he grew up in Egypt. So then he grew up in a really rough neighborhood. So he had to join a gang and to protect his family. It's like all of these things. And I thought there are so many people who grew up in the same situation who have completely switched their life around. And I thought, why does he want to live like this? Like why... Why is this okay for him? And like you said, you know, it's just it's a it's easier, and he gets a lot out of being a victim, no responsibility really, because everyone it's everyone else's fault for everything else. Yeah, like again, he lives in like government housing. He lives, he gets government payments, so he's really just living, surviving, and he's fine with that. Like, there's no. So when you, as you would know, doing this, like you know, doing the mindset stuff and doing self-development it takes a lot like it's it's really mm-hmm. confronting and so i completely understand a lot of people do not want to confront a lot of trauma or heal from trauma or you know bring up experiences that from from, from when they were younger that they may not remember because it is it's really hard sometimes but i guess the question then would be do you want to live a mundane life and continue to be a victim or do you really want to live the life that you can create and be empowered?
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can even eat like the most obvious one is people who say they want to stop drinking, but they sabotage it all because the payoff is they get a drink. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, I, I really don't want to drink, but no, no, you do. It's just, you don't want all the side effects that comes with it. So, yeah. you know, and the other one that comes to mind is identity. So I um, think back to like when I was drinking and I, was at a lower level of energy than I am today, that was fine with me because um, that was my identity and I knew that. I had a map for that. I knew yeah. how to feel shit. I knew how to vomit yeah. all day. I knew how to have an headache. I knew how to avoid my kids. I knew how to not have sex or intimacy with my wife. Yeah. I didn't know the opposite of that. And that is scary. It's scary to experience joy and fulfillment and love and commitment. And because now you've got expectations to meet, right? So it's like, yeah, fuck that shit. I think I'll just uh, stay where I am. You know what I mean? Um, Talk a little bit about the clearing conversation.
0: Okay. So with the clearing conversation, I just wanted to also touch on it's scary not knowing what's in the unknown. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're saying. Like, that's why people. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's terrifying.
0: It is. So the clearing conversations are so powerful. So I learned this from Preston Smiles a few years ago now. And what it is, is, so we wrote a list of people that still kind of, we like hid in the back of our mind, you know, who we still were triggered by or who we still were hurt by or betrayed by whoever we wrote a list of people. And I think it was like the top three people are the people that we called and had a clearing conversation with. So you have to kind of be at a space where you no longer are really hurt by them. Otherwise, you know, the, the, the call will be heated and all of that stuff, which is not what you want. So then we, so example, I use my dad, I called my dad, mm. I called him because I was over it. It was like maybe five or six years I hadn't spoken to him and I was like, oh, I'm done. Like, I don't want to, I'll just call him and see how it goes. Right. And I thought, <laughs> I was like, I know how this is going to end. This is going to say all of the things he told me before. It's it's not going to be, there's not going to be anything. It's going to be crap, whatever. I called him and I don't even remember how I had, I didn't even have his number. So I think I found him on Facebook, a messenger, and I called him like that. (laughs) (laughs) And oh, let me just give you a little bit of background. So I hated my dad, hated him. Mm. I told my son when he was about one, we're going through our family tree. And I went through my husband's side, then I went through my side and I got to my dad and I was like, oh, He died. And then I continued on, right? And then I told my mm. husband, I told my husband mm. when he came home from work, and he was like mortified. <laughs> I can laugh now because I've you know moved through all of this, but yeah, he was horrified. He was like, "What do you mean? Like, he can't say that? Is that he's not dead?" And I was like, "Yeah, but he's dead to me. Like, I'm never, never gonna see him again. I'm never gonna speak to him. My children will never speak to him or meet him." Right? That's that's yeah. where I was at. Yeah. And so when I called him, I was like, "I don't want to call him," but you know what? He's the first one on my list. Let me just get this over with and see how it goes. And so I was expecting him to be like, oh, America, you're a loser, whatever, whatever he said to me before. And so I called him on Facebook Messenger and I was like, hey, and he's like, oh, hey. And he, I think he thought he was his ex-wife. And I was like, no, it's Mirika. He's like, oh, like, how are you? And I was like, look, I want to have a conversation with you. Just can you please not say anything? Just listen. And when you want to speak, that's fine. Just speak. Just wait until I finish. And then can you just talk at the end? And he was like, "Yeah, okay." I was like, um, "I was like, look, I just want to take responsibility for the part I played in, you know, hurting you or whatever it was. I can't really remember. I think shutting him out of the family. I was like, I was just, I was, yeah. So I "I want to take ownership of this part. Um, I have no ill feelings toward you anymore. I just, you know, moving forward, even if we never speak again, I wish, I just wish you well. Truly, I wish you well. Mm. And I was, I was about to say bye, but then he was like, "Oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry for everything that happened." It's like, I love you, blah, blah, all the, all of the things that I wasn't expecting. Right. And then, yeah, we just ended really well. I was like, okay, cool. Bye. Like <laughs> we hung up mm. and which I wasn't expecting. So for me, that was amazing. And I just want to say not all clearing conversations end that way. So you have to kind of go in there, not expecting anything from their part, but just expecting that you will just feel free. Yeah. So did, yeah. Like So As soon as that happened, as soon as that, that conversation happened, I just had a weight lifted. Mm. And so now, like every couple of weeks, I do clearing <laughs> conversations with people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And, and yeah. it is, in itself, it's like it's like a mini form of forgiveness, right? It's just yeah. Although, although it's part of the forgiveness process in the macro, it's also a mini version of it as well, right? Like uh, that, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about so there's um, an assignment in the Strive Method in the Evolution phase that we have uh, called. Um, dealing with our incomplete same same type of thing you know it's like okay what is taking up energy what is um causing anxiety fear what is really kind of stopping me from just flying right now you know and then having that conversation i I had a similar one i did the landmark forum many years ago now and uh, they talk about running rackets so they say um who are you running a racket on like who are you always gossiping about right Mm. i was like fuck my dad And uh, they said, all right, go outside now with your phone and just ring him up, right? Mm -hmm. So I called him up and I just said, dad, it's Lee. He's like, yeah, how's it going? I said, all right, just going to say a few things to you if you just don't mind listening. He's like, sure. And I was like, look, from as long as I remember, I told everybody that you're the worst dad in the world. Mm. repeatedly i blame you for everything i tell people you're pathetic That you was emotionally unavailable that you never told me you love me and then i started crying and i was like why have you never told me you love me and he's mm. like are you okay and i'm like, yeah i'm fucking okay <laughs> 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 um, let me finish <laughs> and i was like why didn't you ever love me and um he's like of course i love you he said i'm so proud of you he said, whenever I'm with people, I talk about you all the time. I said, why do you ever tell me? And he said, um, I don't know. Like I've, my dad never told me that stuff. And I was like, okay, you know, thank you for telling me that. And I want you to know that you did a really good job. So I turned out really well. And maybe we could have a different relationship and put more effort in, in the future. Is that okay? And he was like, yeah. And it never really came to fruition as I would like it to. But in that moment with him saying to me, yeah, I love you. And given his reason why he wasn't able to show up for me, allowed me personally to go into a forgiveness process. I guess I'd already gone into it by having that call without even knowing it. And then it enabled me then to say to myself, okay, I can't keep blaming this guy. I'm I'm a grown ass man now. And then having compassion and empathy, I guess having kids, Mm. As well helps because yeah. you then you then start behaving in some of the ways that your dad did, and he's like, "Oh fuck, i have been blaming him <laughs> for this," you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, clearing conversations yeah. very powerful. What 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 advice would you give to people contemplating having clearing com- conversations? Is there anything that they need to look out for? or
0: I would say really set your intention for what you want out of the call, and go in not expecting. <laughs> really anything on mm. the other end and just do it like if you if you really feel that you're at a space genuinely from your heart to call that person then then do it like mm. you know again because it's not for them it's for you and like you said yeah. you already felt forgiveness you know just as you're calling it's it's really for you and even if it turns out the opposite way it, it might hurt right because it, yeah it would hurt if you're calling a loved one and wanting to clear and they're kind of like, eh, I don't want to, but just know at the end of the day that you've pulled back layers subconsciously mm. and it's, it's worth it in my opinion. It's really worth just doing it for yourself.
1: What about people who have passed on or people that you like, we, you know, using the rape example that there's no way on earth you want to even see or have conversation with this person in those two dynamics, what what would you do in terms of this conversation?
0: That's awesome that you've asked that because there are a couple of people who I have that are like that. Not passed away, they're still alive. It's just one of them I was unable to sh- my stepmom or my dad's ex-wife, it's really been challenging to get a hold of her. Like she'll be like, yes, let's do it, let's let's have a call and then she just will not show up or whatever it is, right? Mm. And then there's another person who's quite close to my family and I feel as though just because of our past it will explode and so for me in both those situations a I've had to love them both where they're at I've had to really show myself grace and kindness because there's a very fine line sometimes between the ego and what you genuinely like what your heart's saying and you know with my dad's ex-wife I'm like oh my gosh like let's just let's just just, I need to get her on a call. Like, let's just do it. I need to call her so I can clean this for myself. And that's it. Like, I don't care anymore after that. But I was like, oh my gosh, America, like, where is that coming from? Right. Because she's shown me. So I'm a big believer in like, people show you who they are, right. To a certain extent, even during this work, people still show you who who they are. And so we've tried to reschedule the call like five or six times and she's just never shown up. And so now I've had to be like, okay, relax. <laughs> I need to relax. and figure out a different way. So Mm. in those situations, even with my clients, what I've said to them is to write a letter, write a letter that you would write, that you would want to write to them. It could be like the most vilest things, right? Get out how you're feeling Mm. and no one will see it. So it's all good. Mm. Just write out whatever it is. Then you burn it, right? Then burn it. (coughs) Then you can write a letter about kindness, gratitude, and what they've taught you. Because what we need to remember is that everything is happening for us, even if it is the most horrible situation. It's happening for us. To get your life that you want, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what the other people expect in their life or want in their life. But for me, example, with my husband cheating, it was more so, you know, I was, I was the saying, Like, lucky I had already worked with Preston and that because I was like, okay, why is this happening for me? What's happening for me? And instead of falling into victimhood, I was really able to stay empowered through that situation and be like, okay, like where's the gift in this? As hard as it is, like where is the gift, right? And the gift for me personally was that I was able to start showing up as the feminine rather than – because I was always in the masculine energy. So I was able to really start being, you know, jumping back into my feminine and really start connecting with myself again and deeply, like really deeply connected with my husband, whereas for like, what, 13 or 14 years we hadn't been. Yeah, so really going back, like – Writing the like the letter with just vomiting whatever you want out, burning mm. it, then writing yeah writing a list of gratitude writing them a gratitude thank you for, and then the last letter is I forgive you for, mm. and then write it to yourself as well like I write letters to myself all the time saying I forgive you for blah blah. Mm.
1: I like that. I um the other another one I do is uh, I tell my clients just go in the middle of nowhere find yourself a tree, and then. Yeah. Ask the tree if you can com- consciously complain to it, and <laughs> then and then go to town on the tree, and then thank the tree for yeah. taking for taking your shit. So it's kind of, that's kind of like that's like just to get rid of your own stress and anxiety and have that emotional release. But you can also use that as well as a as forgiveness. So the tree could become your dead father <laughs> or. Uh, the ex-wife that you can't talk to, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, super powerful stuff. Can we touch upon a, a, a touchy subject, actually? I'm interested in your uh, opinion on this. So we've got we've got people who feel comfortable having a clear conversation with. Am by comfortable? It's really uncomfortable. So, like, I was comfortable having a conversation with my dad, but it was really uncomfortable to tell him that I thought he was a tosser, right? But there's that type. <laughs> then there's the... People who we really can't stand, uh, we are likely to have a panic attack or to go into a traumatic response because we talk to them or they've passed. So they're mm-hmm. the two polarities. And then what I want to touch upon, I'm interested in your opinion, in the middle are the ones where they they're still alive, it's mm-hmm. really, really complicated, and there's a part of you that slips into drama a victim consciousness and you you treat that person like a victim Uh and you create a story that you can't have a clear conversation with them because they can't take it or etc etc which then means that you stay in victim consciousness and the forgiveness process can't heal and then your payoff is everything stays the same right i mean what's your view on that I just wanted to interrupt this incredible conversation on forgiveness to remind you that if you need help and support in becoming someone that doesn't drink alcohol or you've stopped drinking alcohol but still don't feel 100% tip top, then please give a Strive subscription a thought. You will get access to the Strive method, online meetups with our ambassadors and peer group, coaching with yours truly once a month, and continued 24 7 community support on the uh, mobile app Marco Polo. Okay. It's a monthly subscription, $99 a month for all of that stuff. And if you don't like it, you could just ask me and I'll give you your money back. All right. And you can cancel at any time. So head over to www.1000daysober.com to sign up today. Give yourself a nice early Christmas present. Now back to Marika Gave and our conversation on forgiveness.
0: So, yeah, so that's exactly what I was talking about. The other the other person in in my life who I'm just like, uh, I'm not going to have the conversation with her. There's For me, there's really no point. And I don't, for me personally, because I've been doing, so I do like trauma healing. And so the trauma that was caused by this person for me for so many years, I've gone and dealt with that myself. Mm. So I've done, yeah, I've done the trauma healing stuff. I've done the forgiveness work. And for me, that's why I can say like, we have a great relationship now. Mm. And I set my boundaries. I set healthy boundaries with her. So, let me, okay. so for the longest time, I was a people pleaser especially with this person. I was like, I want this person in my life. I want her in my like, family's life. I want her in my baby's life. And again, like she just wasn't really reciprocating all the time. Sometimes she'd be like, yeah, it's amazing. Other times it'd be kind of like wouldn't hear from her, from her for, like, for weeks mm. or they would do random things like exclude us. And it was just, yeah, it was just kind of like, eh. and I would be triggered. I'd be like, why, why is this happening? And then, so I really had to sit with myself and figure out why I was being so triggered by her. And then I was able to move through it, like you know, you let the emotions out, move through it, and then start doing the forgiveness and compassion work for her and so now, when she goes m i a or things don't you know no, you know what I yeah, so she sometimes still goes m i a, but I feel now they make more of an effort because I've kind of pulled back to keep my peace mm. and I guess so for those people who have that situation, it really depends on the on the situation itself, right because because of our history, and because they're like their family, for me, I just feel I don't like I really don't need to speak to her about it. And because especially, they've told me multiple times that they're not into the work that I'm doing, <laughs> which is fine. Like yeah. that's everyone's on their own journey. Like it's okay. But then I've had a client of mine who had an issue with her brother-in-law, and she was like, and it was on her, like it was just on her heart for ages. Like for the the ten weeks twelve weeks that week, because I had a, I have a twelve week program called Strip Bear. Hmm. And in the middle of that is the forgiveness piece, right? It's forgiveness for yourself, forgiveness for others and having the, and having a conversation. And I, she was just like, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, I want to. And she told me what happened. And she's like, I want to have this conversation, but I kind of don't want to. And I was like, okay, just sit with it and see how you go, right? So she did all the activities leading up to it. And then she's like, yeah, she just kept saying, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And then the ego was like, oh, you know what? It's, it's not worth it. I'm not going to do it. Like, it's, he's going to act this way. He's very close. All the things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at the end of the program, she just she said to me, she's like, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know what to do. And I said, if it's been on your heart, I said, it's been on your heart for like, what, six weeks now? I said, I would have a conversation with him. The difference for me is that it's, I don't have that anxiety. Or I don't have that urge to speak to this to this person in my in our family. Like it's, for, yeah. again, Like I've done the work. I I don't need to have the conversation because I've cleared it from myself. And again, like we've, we have a great relationship. And I think one of the biggest things you have to remember, especially when forgiving someone is a lot of the times the person isn't aware that they've hurt you or that you're feeling a certain way toward them. You know, and so I think because for the longest time they had painted me as a villain. So in their mind, they weren't someone that I needed to forgive, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas my client situation is, they've had explosive conversations and they both know that they've hurt each other, you know, and she just kind of wanted to have that conversation with him as a as a final closure, I guess, because we spoke about it and she said, you know what, whichever way it goes, I just want and she said to me, she goes, I just want to have that closure. So I think if you're at that stage where it's really like just so prominent on your heart and you're like, I just, I just I can't, I can't move forward unless I, you know, have that conversation, then hundred percent go and have that conversation. But then if you're like me and you're kind of like, it's it's all good, like genuinely, it's it's okay. Like, I don't have any negative thoughts about this person. I love this person with my whole heart. Then you don't really need to have a clear conversation.
1: Yeah, I like that. You see what comes up for me is uh, like discernment, you know, is, um, you know, get out of your head, into your body and really sit in your heart. What is What is the value? what is the point? What is the goal? What are we going to achieve here? You know? And the other thing, the other thing that I would caution as well is I've seen some really woke people who have been like, yeah, I'm not in this conversation like, cause I don't want to hurt this person. And then they get into a group of like four or five people who are also like really with it. And then, you know, it's like, okay, give me some feedback. Where could my blind spots be here? And then at the end of it, then, you know, you've got your, you, you've got your own intuition, you've got your own gut and your heart guiding you. And then you've got these people that you trust also saying, okay, let's just make sure that we're not painting this person out to be a victim, you know, because yeah. there, there is, um, as I was thinking about it, as you were talking, a part of the forgiveness process, it's for you. But it's also really helping the other person because you're giving them feedback, like you alluded to. A lot of the time, they won't even know that there's something up. Or maybe they do, but they don't want to deal with it. And your clearing conversation, take my dad, uh, the clearing conversation allows it to go from the back of his mind to the front of his mind. And now he's like, oh, shit, my son really does think how I thought he did. Now I have an opportunity to react differently and change.
0: Yeah, 100%. It really, it's a gift, Mm. right, at the end of the day, whether the people want to accept it or not. And again, like it's mindset. Do you believe it's a gift? Because so when you were saying being surrounded by people, especially I know people in this community who are like that, mm. and it can go either way. You can either surround yourself with broke people who still will disempower you, or you can surround yourself with great people who will be like pushing you to step into your power. Mm. And for me, if I've ever, if I've ever been in that situation, I will go to now who are my friends because they will be like, are you sure? <laughs> like, come on, what's going on? let's let's stop this this mentality and let's you know let's move forward and yeah I completely agree like example with my dad as well you know it's so when I spoke to my dad and told him you know what had happened and he knows he knew exactly what he did because when we had the conversation he was like I'm so sorry like but the thing is now that it's really brought to his consciousness right he still plays victim I only did this because I was like, okay, I don't. I'm over it now. Like, stop talking. Yeah, to you
1: yeah. He's still defending. <laughs> yeah. He's still defending himself, which is yeah, is uh, him, yeah, being still stuck in victim consciousness.
0: Yeah, and it's you know, as much as you want all the people around you to succeed, sometimes it's you just have to step back and be like, look, I love you where you're at, but that's no, like, I can't. My energy cannot continue to be pulled by like his energy. Mm. You know, so. Now with him, like when he, when we talk and he's like, Oh, thank you so much for talking to me. And I'm just like, of course, why would I not (laughs) like literally, um, and I have to continue to remind him I have no issues with you. Like I love Mm -hmm. you. It's every, it is forgiven. Like you are forgiven. It's all good. And he will still say, I remember like, when I kicked you out of home, it wasn't, it wasn't me. It was, it was, you know, his ex-wife. And at the time they were married, he's like, it was my wife. And I was like, it's fine. Really? Like I'm, All good. Like you don't have to continue blaming people, and you know, there's times I've had a conversation with him, and I'm like, "You did that too, right?" She gave you the, the option, and you chose to do that again. You did the best you could at the time, yeah. But living there because it does not serve you. It doesn't serve anyone around you. So it's it's fine. Like so. But in saying that, I also think maybe like again, like it comes back to people loving to feel pain, you know. And I feel maybe for him, it's he's just addicted to feeling guilty you know and again like being being a victim because then i think for me what he expects and for my sister for the longest time he, we would be like it's okay dad you know it wasn't your fault but it it is like you played a part in that massively
1: mm-hmm.
0: so he doesn't get away scot-free anymore it's kind of like well you, this is the part that you played. just own that you did that it's fine just feels own like, it.
1: <laughs> um, feels like shame feels like um he's yeah, got internalized toxic shame and he can't yeah. um you know, I, speaking from experience, whenever I've wronged somebody and then they forgive forgiven me and I keep going back to the well all the time, oh, look, I'm really sorry. No, let me just explain. It's usually because I, I don't want to deal with the shame of the incident. Uh, and once I deal with that shame, then I don't need, I don't feel a need to go back there. Mm. I just want to impress, for the listeners here, I just want to impress the point that we talked about around surrounding yourself with the right people, right? Because I think this is really important, Im- listeners. Imagine that you, you're drinking and you're in that drinking consciousness, and you're surrounded by those drinkers. So it's likely if you're trying to stop, especially that you're in victim consciousness. So you'll be surrounded by people in victim consciousness. So now let's say that your wife has an affair, and you go into the pub with the guys. It's much more likely that your are When you start asking them whether you should forgive your wife or not, it's likely that they will be doing what they feel is quote unquote right in that victim consciousness and will be supporting you. No, fuck that shit. Don't go. You know, she she like broke some cardinal rule or whatever. Right. So, you know, it's really important that whenever you want to find some help and support and guidance is to really try to seek it from people who are operating from presence and got an open mind and a curious, and like you said, allow you to step in your power versus people who really think they're protecting you by agreeing with you. It's like my ex-wife, right? Like I'm pretty confident that through her feedback that she thinks I am the worst father in the world. And I'm pretty confident when she tells her story to her friends and her family that they agree with her that I'm the worst father in the world. I have no doubt in that because that's what human beings do. They, they see that you're hurt and you're wounded and they do what's right, which is to agree with you because they think that gives you comfort. Whereas if me and you were to have a conversation, I could be like, okay, so, well, this is what I'm seeing. And maybe you should take a look at this. And how can you take 100% responsibility here? How could he be a great hus- uh, great uh, parent, but you don't really know, you know? Yeah. So important, right? When you're trying to stop drinking alcohol or overcome any other addiction or leave or stay in a relationship or take or leave a job, like really super important. I don't know if you've got anything else you want to say on that.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. So when I was going through that with my husband, I had my little group. So I had my sister. Then I had, I think, two friends. So it was like three people in total. And one of them was like, leave him. He's a loser. Like, get out of there. How dare he? Right? <laughs> all the things.
1: I never fucking liked him anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, fuck him, shit, like, all the things. <laughs> yeah. And then I had a, one of the other girls, or one of the other women in the group was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Like, are you okay? That's not right. So it was kind of like, there was no extreme with her. She was like, yeah. are you okay? Like, and she was asking me questions like, what happened? Are you like, just, yeah how are you feeling all those things then I had another friend who said you know this is not right but it's up to you like what you want to what do you want to do like do you want to stay do you want to leave and why do you think he did it hmm. you know so I kind of had like everyone each extreme like in my yeah. group <laughs> and I just really felt so confused to be honest I was like oh my gosh like I don't know what to do and because internally I was like oh my gosh I told you like this is um, this is new this is like she's not like that but what? whatever and then i had people who were like f him and i was like oh my gosh yes f him and then and then another one was like you know like how are you feeling i'm like i don't know how i'm feeling and then another one saying you know just sit with it and really you know you're really high in emotions and just really think about what you want to do right because in six months you might want to leave him who knows hmm. but you might stay hmm. who knows but just really figure out yourself what you want to do and so it was great having that support, but then I really found the only way that I could find peace and find my solution was by myself, right? And because I, you know, believe in God and so I had a relationship, so I was praying a lot as well. And mm-hmm. so that got me through a lot of, you know, a lot and, and I'm still together, Like we're still together, but I find that in really extreme situations, sometimes the best thing to do is be by yourself, Right. But in saying, up with the friendship stuff, it's so important who you surround yourself with 100% because mm. either you can have people and, you know, this was me. Like this was me before I started doing the work. I would go to them for validation because I knew that they were on, they would just talk shit. <laughs> they'd be like, yeah, fuck that person, you know. It'd make and you feel,
1: and it'd make you feel good, right? It's a payoff, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah they would make that person a villain. So we are still in the drama triangle. They'd, mm. You know, I'd be a victim. They'd be the hero. That person would be a villain. Yeah, right and yeah. we just continue and I'm just so grateful that I've had even before I started doing this work I've I had this one friend like my best friend one of my best friends who was always <laughs> even when I talk shit about like my husband who was my boyfriend at the time I'd be like oh my gosh like he's this and that she's like are you sure that's how Like, are you sure that's what happened or you know how can we kind of switch the situation I was like what do you mean like you're my friend talk shit with me <laughs> yeah,
1: but she yeah. never
0: did you know so Now, all all the people I surround myself with really are like pulling me into my power, Mm. rather than validating the victimhood. Instead of being like, "Yeah, you're right," he's a piece of shit. Like, and then you know, and you know, your friends, like you said, they want to do the right thing, but they go hard. (laughs) Like, like, I wasn't even about that person.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's so it's so like it's so non-conscious. It's just automatic. Like I remember. And my wife, my first wife, said that she wanted a divorce. The shame of suddenly being the person who I'd ridiculed for so many years. So I'd ridiculed so many people for leaving relationships too early and then having another relationship and leaving and not working on it. Like I, I did. I ridiculed them. I thought they were pathetic. I judged them. I was like, what the fuck are these people doing? And then when my wife said like, yeah, this isn't working. We don't make each other happy. I think we need to divorce. There was a shame that came that was like, fuck. Mm. And then because she had started the ball rolling, I told everybody that she left me as a way to ease that shame Mm. and not have to confront it. And everybody that I told, again, she was like, fuck, I can't believe she fucking did that. So I made her a supervillain, right? And then one day I was telling a friend of mine, her name is Nikki, and I was telling the same old story, just banging it out and repeat. And Nikki said, you know, I can't listen to this shit no more, Lee. She said, "You always, you wanted out of that relationship for a long time and you didn't have the balls to fucking leave. And she did, right? So stop talking fucking shit about her and just own your shit. And I was just fucking like, wow. You've got it. You've nailed it, and I was able to do the work after that conversation.
0: Yeah, it's so powerful to have those people who really pull you out of your shit, like to mm. tell you stop, it's just bullshit, stop it. Yeah, it's so important. And lucky that you had her <laughs> to say that to you.
1: I know. But, well, yeah. back then, de- back then as well, because I literally was, I, I literally was surrounded by people who would disagree with me because I'm quite a, um, uh, I, I can be quite a dominating uh, presence so like when I go into some when I go into something I can imagine people feel a little bit wary of pulling me up or something you know Um, because I because I have a history of being defensive and judgmental and probably they're like I don't want to get into a row with this prick so I'm just gonna like agree with him Uh, but she was really strong she was like no and she she really was a bastion from because she was a friend for both of us she was a bastion for my wife ex-wife and she was a bastion for me because she helped me change and and you know that's a mark of true friendship I think you know without that how can you how can you go into a forgiveness process if all, if all you're doing is blaming the other person you can't yeah. right like you know
0: no it's like you forgive them but you're still yeah. in that cycle yeah so and you know what? I, I feel like true forgiveness brings you true liberation so if you don't feel free after you've forgiven them, then you haven't truly really forgiven.
1: Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I, I was being coached a while back. And in the coaching session, I experienced a massive swelling of sexual trauma and sexual shame. And I'd never spoken to anybody about it before. I had my emotional release. Uh, And we can talk about how important that is. Mm. And then the coach then, because I'd had my emotional release, they then guided me through a forgiveness process, but nothing changed Mm. in terms of the feelings of the shame and the anxiety. And then I worked with another coach and they were like, did you really forgive yourself? Mm. And I was like, I don't know. So can Mm. we talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, definitely. So I just want to say like with the emotional... Release, and like you said it's so important because the trauma is trapped in your body so if you're suppressing it of course of course it won't forgive mm. because your body is and that's where disease comes from right because mm. your body is so under like so much stress and anxiety and just all the things and so if you're continuing and you know what it's it stems from childhood um because how many of us have been told you know be quiet stop crying all of those things and so of course like throughout our whole lives like whether you're like 20 30 you're suppressing emotions so when there is something like you just said when you are getting coached and you're going through a release it's so important to bring everything up and move through how your body wants to move through because that's mm. how your body wants the best release and breathwork is actually really amazing for that i don't know if you've you know, release through breath work, but breath work yeah. brings up a lot, you know? And so with the, with the forgiveness part, I had a client like, that hey, okay. <laughs> said Something similar. And she was like, I don't want to work with anyone else because so when I was having our connect course, like, I don't want to, you know, she's like, I don't, I've worked with coaches. I've been in programs and did nothing for me. And I was like, well, actually <laughs> it has done stuff because you've peeled back layers. And she was really consciously aware, like she mm. knew a, a lot, and but then she would always be like, "It did nothing to me." And I'm like, "But well, you're very aware, like you know the, a lot of processes, you know, you know, like your stuff." But for her, it was her expectation. She expected a lot more than what she got, and because for those who haven't done any work on them, like any self development work or haven't invested in themselves with a coach or a program, it's like going to the gym right? Mm. So you're like, yes, I'm going to get my ass in shape. I'm going to get a bigger bum, whatever. And you work out for like two days and you're not going to see anything straight away. But then, you know, eventually you will be like, oh my gosh, like I've hit my goal. But that, you know, and that could be like a month in advance, like, you know, in a month, it could be like a year, whatever. But every time you work on yourself, you're slowly peeling back the layers, right? You're slowly healing, you're slowly doing all of that stuff. And so I explained that to her. I was like, but you're really you really are consciously aware. It's just, and she was like, and then we got to that. It was her expectations. And I said, expectations really are, for her, were damaging her. Mm. Because I said, "What? what is your expectation? Because she said to me, even with my program, I'm going to be very honest, she's like, in the first week, she's like in the group. She's like, hey, this is not really doing much for me. <laughs> and I said, babe, we're in the first week. Like, <laughs> mm. we're doing <laughs> Yeah. And then we had a conversation. Like, I PMed her because she kept putting in the group no and no one let me tell you like no one in the group validated what she was feeling people were coming to me and saying like the the women were coming to me and be like why is she saying that And i said you know what we have to love her where she's at that's just how Mm -hmm. that's how she's feeling and it's valid Mm -hmm. right but if you have if you have something if you're triggered by it go speak with her about it and so her and i spoke and i was like what are you expecting And she's like i don't know i go so then why are your expectations so high i said any coach you work with is not going to be able to heal all your trauma, is going, not going to be able to you know, bring you back to who you really are at the core. It takes work. And I, t- and I said, you know, and also it's a lot about you showing up for yourself. Mm. And so I said, so, you know, with this program, I made like a little deal with her is that for her to drop her expectations. Mm. And I think the la- week 11, she's like, I don't want this. Pro- I don't want this to end. Like, I loved it. It's helped me so much. But for her, it was really expectation. And maybe subconsciously for you as well. Like you were expecting more because you had such a massive release. Maybe the process through the like the forgiveness process that your coach took you through, you're kind of like, well, I was expecting it to kind of be like a massive hit, right? But I don't know. I don't know like what you were feeling. But in my experience, that expectation, whether it's subconsciously or not, or you know, it's conscious because she was consciously aware of the expectations, is one of the things that can really hold you back from moving to where you want to go. Mm.
1: Or, or maybe, maybe actually I'm reflecting on it now. You know, I was like, it hasn't worked, but like, as I'm speaking to you now, I feel unencumbered, but unencumbered by it. I don't, I was just, <laughs> I'm reliving the memories in my head and I don't feel an emotional charge. I'm, mm. I recognize that I'm normal that what happened was normal and I'm cool with it. So maybe it did, maybe it did work, but at the time, yeah, I'm expecting some epiphanal moment and light bulb to go up, but it actually, yeah, perhaps I just needed time because I'd had a massive emotional release for, for almost like the dust to settle in my nervous system. And, yeah. You know, and the, and the space where that trauma once was is now empty. And so all of that needs to, it's almost like your body and your mind and your soul needs to recalibrate that to something like that. So Yeah.
0: yeah your so, the body needs to, you need to integrate. So there's mm-hmm. people who are, who are addicted to doing the work all the time, who are in programs, who have coaches, mm-hmm. and they just never stop. Do no and embodiment. Yeah. And it's kind no. of like, well, you, where do you have the time to integrate and really embody what you've been taught? Because again, it's kind of like they're chasing for the for mm. the release, or they're chasing for the you know the healings. But like you said, it it does take time.
1: Or oh, they're avoiding.
0: They're avoiding 100%. Yeah, so it's yeah. another addiction, right? Yeah,
1: if yeah. It's avoiding. like if I if I this is this is like if you take the stripe method right now. So we just increased the price. Mm. So now we've increased the price. People are thinking, mm, do I want to stay? Like, do I want to? I, am I getting value for my buck? Right. But, you know, it's really, for those of you listening who are on the fence, it, you know, buying a program and investing in a community goes some way towards a part of you convincing another part of you that you're doing the work, but putting your hand in your pocket and paying for something isn't doing the work. It's a step, right. And an important step for sure but you're not doing the work. So lots of people can say like, I want to stop drinking alcohol. And then, you know, they can have a conversation and say, well, I did buy Lee's program. I am part of his community. I do show up every now and then and talk about what's going on in my life. But is that enough? Like, am I really all in? Am I really doing the work? No. Why? Because I don't have to because I can convince myself that I'm doing it. I'm going to meetings and doing this and doing that, but I'm not really doing anything. It's like a, it's yeah. like a, it's like a facade. It's like an illusion, you know, and oh. very subtle and they won't even notice it, you know? So yeah, anyway, yeah, we've been yeah. chatting a long time. Tell the people about your strip bear course, what they can expect of it, how they can get hold of you and get involved in that kind of stuff.
0: So currently, Strip Bear will start again next year. And like like I am raising my prices um, because there is so much more value in there. But also, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, so you can pay an amount, right? But you really need to show up for yourself. And the reason that I increase my prices is because I really want people who are serious about, you know, healing trauma, getting to who they are at the core and showing up for themselves. Because mm. exactly what you said, if you're not showing up for yourself, then it's it's not going to be the best benefit for you, you know, the mm-hmm. best for you. So <laughs> strip bear goes for 10 weeks. It is a sisterhood. It has guest coaches. We do we cover like inner child work, forgiveness work, parenting, sexuality. Um, and then really just loving on ourselves. Mm. And so nice. Like it's just the community is amazing. <laughs> I, can see, I
1: can see you light it up.
0: Yeah, it's just the best community. Like you were saying, community is so important. And so Mm. the women who really trust me with their journey for the 10 weeks, just the transformations are amazing. But we really get to have massive releases, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a big release call. But it's really just, it's so empowering, not for just myself, but for all the other women in the program to really remember who they are before the identity of mother, before the identity. Because once you, like, you probably know as a parent, once you become like a dad, you're like, oh, it's a working dad. He's like, he's a, you know, stay at home dad, whatever. Same as mom. Like she's a working mom. She's a breastfeeding mom. She's a bottle feeding mom. She's like, everything is just your identity as, as a parent, right? Yeah. So it's really rediscovering and reawakening the queen for any identity except for her own.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that. it's
0: really, yeah, it's amazing. I'm just
1: And excited. how can how can how can people follow you? Where where can they catch you?
0: So um on Instagram, on Instagram, you can follow me at Miraca K, M-I-R-I-K-A-K-A-Y, or Facebook as well, the same name. Mm. Beautiful.
1: So <laughs> well, thank you for talking about forgiveness today. I've really appreciated it. Uh, ladies, uh, seek Mirka out and uh, consider saving your pennies uh, for strip bear. Christmas mm-hmm. is coming up. So ask ask uh, people to gift you this or gift it to other people, right? And um, if um, if you want to get in direct contact with Mirka, just send me an email at 1kdayssober at gmail.com and I'll make it happen. Marika, it's been wonderful talking to you. Don't go away. I'm going to speak to you after I stop this record button, um, but thank you for coming on the 1,000 Day Sober podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So that conversation today and Marika Gave, we're talking about forgiveness. Marika Gave is a women's uh, forgiveness and anxiety coach, right? I like working with men. I love working with women as well. But from my coaching practice, my personal coaching practice, I'm going to move more towards men, right? My role, what do I want to do? Well, I want to help men overcome as a guide some of the most difficult challenges in their lives. Maybe you are going through a divorce. Maybe you are still mourning or grieving a divorce. Maybe you are dealing with the hellishness of a blended family. Maybe you keep fighting with your partner all the time. Maybe you're in a job that you absolutely hate, or maybe you're 35 years of age. You've just woken up and you don't know what the hell is going on, why you're doing what you're doing, why you're thinking what you're thinking, and you can't feel anything. Okay, All of these moments are called catabasis. the moments in time when you go into that descent and it's very dark down there. Um, and it often helps to have a guide to really help you to go into that descent, almost like a caterpillar and come out as a butterfly. All right. So I've gone through many of these kind myself. I've uh, gone through a lot of training recently, uh, had my medallion as a master coach for the Elementum Coaching Institute. So if you're a man and you would like to join our wild man group, a group of men all really working together to be better men and to be better at being men, okay? Then give me a shout at 1kdaysober at gmail.com and we can have a talk about how you can join the Wild Man Group and how you can work with me personally one-on-one to guide you through your darkest experiences. Much love,
0: take care, goodbye.